As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is your internet keeping up? It's time to upgrade your home with Verizon Home Internet with plans starting at just $25 a month and leave surprise price hikes and hidden fees behind. Get fast and reliable internet for an incredible price with Verizon. Ditch cable and switch to Verizon Home Internet starting at $25 a month with auto pay and select 5G mobile plans. Availability varies. Plans start at $25 a month when combined with existing select 5G mobile plans and auto pay and paper-free billing. Fios requires mobile and home discount enrollment. $99 Fios setup charge may apply. Visit verizon.com home to learn more about 5G home, LTE home, and Fios. Welcome to the Blackhawks Talk Podcast. I am Charlie Romeliotis with James Naveau. We are in the NBC Sports Chicago podcast studio powered by PointsBet. James? You're getting better and better at that read, bud. Nicely yeah, it done. only took me about 10 times before. No, no <laughs> Hey, you know what? Rehearsal is really important. Yeah. So the last podcast we did was talking about what we're watching post-trade deadline with the Blackhawks, right? Lucas Reichel, all these players, the pending UFA or the pending RFAs, things like that. How about the players that are in the system that are outside of the AHL and the NHL. So we're going to talk about the Blackhawks prospects and how they're developing and which guys we're monitoring. Yep. James, we were kind of going back and forth putting together all the prospects and I was I don't know if anyone has an Elite Prospects subscription. I would highly recommend it. Yes. And, but it basically it can it sorts out by organization like Chicago Blackhawks prospects and it'll have all the stats of yep. each Chicago Blackhawks prospects. So I have it pulled up. I got to say, James, a lot of really good stuff that I see. Uh, let me guess who who would be the best. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> it's uh, Kevin Korchinski, maybe. <laughs> he was drafted when? The number seven overall pick? I think it was, yeah, first round pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, better. Blackhawks had three of them. There so. you go. Well, <laughs> but for real, though, like being completely honest, did you watch the uh, game between Seattle and Winnipeg the other day? Uh, I did not. Fantastic. Actually, I, I tuned in game. to some of it. Great game. And there was a guy named Savoy on the team. Yeah. But it was may- not Sam Savoy. <laughs> it was very it was confusing. Not Sam. <laughs> you see, like, all these guys, you're like, oh, it's Nolan Allen. Oh, that's Colton Dock. Oh, that's yeah. Kevin Kirchner. Savoy. Wait, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so highly recommend if you're watching a game on NHL Network and you see a name that you don't recognize or you do recognize, just look it up. It'll yeah. really ease up on the confusion. But yeah. seriously, though, Korchinski fantastic season so far with Seattle eight goals 54 assists the Thunderbirds are just blowing everybody out of the water in the WHL right now they're essentially as close to a super team as you can get in that league he's been a big driver of that too like he's such a huge part of their offense constantly picking up primary assists you see him active with the puck all the time this is a dude that like we were fairly high on when he got drafted just because he embodies that athleticism and that speed that the Blackhawks want to kind of develop in their system. Mm-hmm. Charlie, how outlandish is it to think that he may be a legit contender for a roster spot next season? I, I don't know if... I think it depends on what happens with the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. If the Blackhawks land Connor Bedard and he's playing in the NHL next year, I think they definitely want to surround... They're going to want to surround Bedard with talent, right? Mm-hmm. If it's Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson and they go back to college or juniors 
and they're not in the NHL, I think the Blackhawks would probably be more inclined to keep Kevin Korchinski in Rockford. They certainly want to be patient with with Korchinski, specifically the defenseman too, because they take a little bit longer to develop than the forwards, right? right. We think of Adam Boquist when he got drafted eight overall in 2018. I remember talking to him in Dallas at the draft. We're like, well, when do you think your NHL timeline is? And he's like, I think two to three years. Well, <laughs> he was in the NHL a year later. Uh, so, so it was like two years ahead of time, yeah. right? Because he probably needed that third year. So I think with Kevin Korchinski too, I think he's probably ahead of the curve than than Boquist, but I would still want to be patient with him. If he does come to North America next year, I would, I would most certainly want him starting the year in Rockford, and then mm-hmm. you kind of just play it Maybe like they're doing with Lucas Reichel this year, where they they give him a few games and they send him back down. Give him a few games, send him back down, and just see how he's handling that. It's going to show my growth as a person that I didn't interrupt you and ask you when Seattle got kicked out of North America, but I digress. <laughs> um, I, I think another part of it with him is I wonder... He is surrounded by a ton of talent in Seattle. Like, I wonder... The numbers are fantastic, and I think the development has shown itself this year. He's number one on so many prospect rankings for the Blackhawks for a really good reason. Like, he could legit be a top two, three defenseman in this league, and those are really difficult to find. I'm curious, though, like, if they're still... I like that idea of slow pedaling him just a little bit if they don't get a Bedard-type player. But if he's forcing your hand and he's, like, going to make an impact in NHL camp next year, as I'd imagine there's a good possibility he will, there's going to be a real temptation to just say, you know what, let's see what you got in the NHL. Maybe start the season with him and then send him down to Rockford. Do you think that'd be something they would consider? Just to see how that kind of nine-game audition goes? Um, Potentially. I just, I'm looking this up. I thought he was 19. He's actually 18. He's still 18. He turns 19 in June. Gotta so, love those June birthdays, dude. Yeah, so, I, ah, man, that almost gives me more reason to not want to put him in the NHL oh, next year. Dude, he's just, he's so fun to watch, man. He's so good on both ends of the ice. Like, and that's what, I, I feel like that's what we have to caution, too, because it you have there's a risk-reward between, man, he's so fun to watch, and we want to give fans something to watch, mm-hmm. but not at the detriment of his development, right? Do you leave, so... I think they would have to leave him in juniors next season, wouldn't they? I don't know if they can sign him to Rockford if he's only going to be 19. Um, that's a really good question that I probably should have checked in right before <laughs> we did this podcast. My my assumption would be that if he's not going to be with the Blackhawks, I think they'll probably leave him in Seattle. I think that they very clearly like that as a development, a landing spot for their players. I think you've seen that with the guys they have there now. They kind of like that kind of mentality similar to what the White Sox did with the Birmingham Barons this last season where they kind of stacked that roster with a lot of their high-end talent just to kind of get those guys like in a cohesive unit and working together and kind of driving toward a common goal I would not be angry if that's what they decided to do leave him in Seattle with that group but I do want him to force the issue though like I want to see him potentially take that step and make them make that decision and I think based on what he's been doing this season kind of a you know, safe bet that he might do that. Well, I think you also want him to take steps. Like you want him to hit check A, check B, check mm-hmm. C, right? You want him to go from juniors. He's dominating down there. Okay. Then go to the AHL. Once he do- starts dominating there. And also with the AHL level two is the Blackhawk can't really have a hands-on approach with his development right now in Seattle. Yeah. Because uh, once he's with the AHL, they can work with him every single day. 
and get their defensive coaches and developmental coaches to, to really work with him hands-on. So um, I also think he's one of those types of players that he, he his defense partner is also very important. Right. He's not the kind of, he's not like Duncan Keith or Victor Hedman or, you know, those really strong two-way players that can just, they can play on the penalty kill, they can play on the power play, they can eat those late minutes. He's more offensive-minded, so you have to pair him more with a defensive-minded player. But I really like the numbers, James. I'm looking, he has obviously 62 points in, in 46 games. He missed a, a, a little bit of time because while he was at the World Juniors. So his points per game is actually... Uh, third in the WHL among defensemen at 1.35. So and that's he pretty is good, pretty solid for for uh, for Kevin Korchinski, and especially to do that at 18 years old, like that's that's really impressive. And you, again, you'll see that in in every prospect ranking you look at, guys who talk about the the June birthdays being kind of like a key element to all of this. It's because it just is that much additional time that you have with that player in your system. You don't have a guy who's like turning 19 the instant he gets drafted. Like that's something you're going to see on a lot of lists and it obviously is, you know, probably going to pay dividends with a guy like Kevin Korchinski. The other prospect that jumps out at me, he is leading all prospects in points right now. Fun fact. Do you know who that? Do you know who I'm talking Fun about? Fun fact. No, go ahead. Who is it? Gavin Hayes. Uh huh. 66 points in 59 games with the Flint Birds, uh, with the Flint Firebirds in the OHL. Gavin Hayes was taken with that third round pick that Chicago acquired in the Kirby Dock trade. So we we always we're talking about Frank Nazar and how he's going to develop yep. and I mean Gavin Hayes is also he he was also the third round pick that was essentially a late second rounder in the Kirby Doc deal and if he turns out to be a player it it kind of changes the way we view that Kirby Doc trade because if Frank Nazar also ends up being a player the Hawks got essentially two really quality players not just one and whether Frank Nazar is going to live up to you know, whatever Curry Doc becomes in Montreal. So it's a, yep. it's an interesting wrinkle when you throw in the fact that Gavin Hayes is really producing in the OHL. I think what I love about him is he's another one of those guys who has the potential to kind of grow into his body, right? You like you always want those forwards who are coming in at like six foot two, six foot three, able to add some bulk to their frame so that they mm -hmm. can either, you know, play a little bit on the edges or maybe mix it up in the middle of the ice. You want them to have versatility in their attacking game. And Gavin Hayes just, he fits that profile to a T. And I think that you've seen that all season long with the Firebirds. He's making tremendous strides from what he was even last season with Flint. And like you said, Frank Nazar, it is it stinks that he wasn't able to kind of get going this season, had the hip injury, kept him out until fairly recently. But having Gavin Hayes like kind of take this like stratospheric jump up in terms of his talent level this season. It's been pretty awesome, dude. And it's it's nice to have that kind of like depth in your forward group. It's not the guys anymore that you're just talking about, well, he could be a bottom six guy. We've had that for so long with the Blackhawks that like their max ceiling of guys is like third line. Give me more of these dudes like Gavin Hayes who potentially have the higher ceiling. Like I want dudes like that. And they have shown an ability, by the way, to draft mm -hmm. in the second and third rounds of these things and to get guys who end up, you know, way outperforming their draft stocks. You're looking at your Brandon Sods, your Alex DeBrinkets. I'm not saying Gavin Hayes is going to reach that level, but they definitely have shown an ability to draft well in that portion of the draft for sure. And 
let's be clear too that we talk about Frank Nazar and whoever the draft pick is going to be this year, Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, whoever, Lucas Reichel. We got, uh, you know, we're talking about Sam Savoy and Ryan Green and all these players. And then whatever the first round selections are in 2024 and 20, even the late first rounder in, in this year's yeah, draft. With that Tampa pick, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Not, not all of them are obviously going to be Blackhawks no. because a lot of the players that we're talking about are better suited in the top six, mm-hmm. but there's only six spots. Yeah. In the top six. Right. And so but I I do think it's encouraging that some of these prospects that are developing. If they become quality prospects, that makes them valuable trade chips Uh as well that you can potentially spin when you're trying to make moves that maybe you're looking to see how the Blackhawks are going to fill out. Just don't trade all of them away in the pursuit of one Stanley Cup ring like that's kind of. But I mean, Kyle Davidson has talked about waves of talent. This is what he's talking about. Like, I know, like, having 19 picks in the first three rounds of the coming three drafts, like, that's obviously what he really means. This is part of that strategy, too, the waves of talent perspective. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, this 2022 draft class specifically has been really solid. It really um, has. With Frank Na- or uh, with Kevin Korchinski, obviously Frank Nazar wasn't able to basically miss the majority of the season, but... Sam Renzel, too, like Paul Ludwinski. Yep. Um, I was going to bring up Ludwinski for sure. Yeah, let, let's talk about Ludwinski. I mean, all, all, I mean, just all of these guys. We just mentioned Gavin Hayes, um, Sam Savoy, Aiden Thompson, Dominic Chan. I mean, even the sec- the seventh round pick, 199 overall, <laughs> Riku Tohila is yep. also performing really at, at, at a really high level. I didn't know he had this offensive uh, game in him, but... Guys listed at six foot five, uh, 190 pounds. I mean, the entire draft class is really progressing very nicely. And I know you could touch on Paul Ludwinski. I was going to talk uh, touch on Sam Savoy after because I didn't see the oh, offensive heck yeah. coming Let's talk through. about him first, man. Right, I love Sam Savoy. I mean, we going into training camp. All the storylines were about oh, he's like the neck. He's like Andrew Shaw type player, uh-huh. right? I didn't know he had this offensive game in him either. I, so what like you're telling me skill. is that 24 goals in the uh, Quebec League is pretty good. He, he had like a he had a long point streak too at one point, um, which is pretty crazy. And yeah, and yeah, just like the versatility that he brings. If you can play that, if you can play scrappy while also producing, like mm-hmm. that makes you a really good. I mean, just look at a lot of the players in the NHL that are trying to go. The Tom Wilsons, the. Uh, obviously Andrew Shaw like those mm-hmm. types of players that man they're they're annoying to play against but they can also produce offensively Corey Perry's of the Corey world Perry's. yeah those are the types of players too that in in the playoffs they're very valuable yeah much more valuable than the regular season oh absolutely I did there is one question like we can gush all day about Savoy's like offensive exploits and I think that we'd be right to do so like he's a guy who was really fired up when they drafted him has done nothing to diminish that stock how much stock do you put in some of these guys like your Savoys who are playing for really good junior teams? Like Korchinski, the Seattle Thunderbirds are really good right now. Uh, Gatineau is number one right now in their division in the Quebec League. Like, do you put any stock in that, that they're playing kind of these high-profile games and playing really well? Does that, like, give you hope that those guys are going to kind of be used to that, like, winning mentality and they're going to have kind of the mental fortitude to play play at a high level like that like that's something that just every time I look at one of these prospects who's with those teams 
I can't help but think like how important it is to have them on good quality teams that are going to establish a really high standard for themselves. I, I actually like that scenario more than I like oh, this guy's producing on a really bad team. Mm-hmm. Because if you're if you're the guy that's producing on a really bad team, like one, that's obviously very encouraging, but if the if your supporting cast is not strong, you're probably doing a lot. You're you're probably you're probably doing more than you should because mm-hmm. the teammates around you aren't as quality. So Sam Savoy producing at a really high level for a really good team means he's doing his role very well. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think that's the encouraging part. When the Blackhawks are good again, if Sam Savoy is part of the equation, he's going to be playing the exact role he's playing on his OHL team uh, right now. I'm sorry, his his uh, team in the queue. In the queue? You know, with Chicago. And I think that's going to be very encouraging because he doesn't have to change the style of game or he doesn't have to, all right, now I got to do a lot. or I have to do too much. He can just transfer what he's doing right now in the queue to Chicago when yeah. they're back on the upswing. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really great point. And it's something that as we were going, kind of going through and prepping for this podcast, like I said, I just, I really saw that kind of jump out of me, how good some of these teams are. Heck, Frank Nazar is playing for Michigan, yeah. who is one of the premier college hockey, you know, programs in the country. Like all of these guys are playing with really big time teams. So I do think that is absolutely fantastic. Do you want to go back down the Seattle rabbit hole? Where do, where do we want to go now? Who do we want to talk about? I have an X factor in the Blackhawks prospect rankings. Okay. Sam Renzel. Mm. I feel like the Blackhawks, they they acquire um they drafted him with the pick that they traded uh they traded 13 spots up to get him so they took on Peter Mrazek's contract from Toronto. Yep. And the reason that they drafted him was because the Blackhawks had just drafted Kevin Korchinski 7 overall. They just drafted uh Frank Nazar number 13 overall. So I remember talking to Mike Donahue um after the the draft and he's like, "You know, we went for Sam Renzel because we like the upside, and we because we were able to get Korchinski and Nazar, it, it allowed them to be to to. I don't want to say a dart throw, but it allowed them to go for a a, a player that has long term potential mm-hmm. that they're going to need to be a little bit patient on. It kind of sound it almost sounded like a Nolan Allen scenario to me. Is that a good comparison to that? Because that that was well the way I felt about him when he was drafted by the Blackhawks is that maybe a slight reach, but it was more so about them being re- reasonably confident he could hit a specific mark if given the time to do so. Right. Well, they're obviously totally different players. Obviously. Well, yeah. I just meant yeah, like yeah, the philosophy meant, is the same. I I don't know because when they drafted Nolan Allen, it was that was their first uh, that was their first pick in the first round. It was at the <laughs> very end. Yeah. Right. So I think with this. The, they were more so saying like, okay, we got two really quality players. Let's go for a, a player that could actually really turn out to be a, a stud, mm. but it might take a while. I will say Allen's ceiling was not stud, so that that's right. where my uh, kind of comparison does falter a little bit. But just look at the package for, for Sam Renzel. Six foot four, mm-hmm. 176 pounds, so he's got some room to, to fill out his sure, frame. Sure does. And he's 18 years old. He'd like yep. ju- when the Blackhawks drafted him, he was just graduating high school. Mm-hmm. So we, we talk about Kevin Korchinski and we talk about Lucas Reichel and whichever the, the draft pick is going to be this year, uh, the, the top draft pick and, and Lucas Reichel. And then what if Sam Renzel turns out to be a pretty decent player? Yeah. That changes a lot of things for, for Chicago oh, because yeah, it gives dude. them basically two number ones and maybe the <laughs> most appealing part about him right-handed shot 
Heck yeah, he is. You know? That that actually applies to a couple of the guys in the system, and I know that uh, we'll we'll potentially be talking about some of those other dudes too. But I, I think that with him playing as well as he has in Waterloo, and then moving on to, I think he's going to Minnesota next season. Mm-hmm. That that's such a good path for him to be on. I think it really lends itself to kind of that slow burn, that anticipation that he could potentially take a leap forward when he gets to the collegiate level. I think having that flexibility with him is so key, and he's definitely a guy that, you know, if you are one of those who has a subscription and you can see games on Big Ten Network next season, I'd be keeping an, a very sharp eye on that dude for sure. Where do you want to take us next, James? You, you guide us. I think what we should also talk about, if we're going to be talking about defensemen, we should bring up Ethan Del Mastro, right? Yep. He's having a really solid season in Sarnia. Of course, everybody saw him at the World Junior Championships. I think he turned a lot of heads there. Like that was a really good performance that he had on a really talented squad. I, I just I look at him as being a guy who could potentially like kind of fly under the radar until he's ready to really compete for a roster spot. And I think that the strides that he's shown not just in the WJC this season, but also at the junior level. He's one of those dudes, like, I could see him potentially being in Rockford next season and playing really well. I think that he's a really intriguing prospect because he's not a guy that I think is ever going to be, like, that top two-level defenseman. You need second-pairing guys, too. And I feel like he's got the good mix of skills in his game he could potentially get there. We talk about packages, like, nice overall packages. Here's another six-foot-four guy. 205 pounds yeah well he showed all of that in the wjc man yeah and he the thing that impressed me too he was he played a leadership played in a leadership role for team canada at the world juniors and he was and also he was a fourth round pick in 2021 Mm -hmm. his progression has been really quick yeah it's not it's not like it was a late first early second and he's just progress i mean he really has stood out in this draft class um and and He's probably progressed just like Isaac Phillips. I think of where he That's got drafted a early. Great comparison. He's his basically has been fast tracked. Yeah. Um, I agree. Like he looks like a really solid. His upside is probably a, a middle pairing defenseman. Yeah, and comes with size. Look at all the all the defensemen that the Blackhawks have brought in this year. Jared Tenorti, mm-hmm. obviously Jake McKay, but um, Andreas Englund. All these big physical guys and. He fits the mold of what the Blackhawks want and their defensemen moving forward. Definitely a long for a long term scenario. I think he absolutely does fit that. I like the idea of bringing in the Tenardis and guys like that to kind of like smooth out some runway for him to arrive. I frankly think he's more polished at this point than I ever would have thought that he would have been. And I thought that the WJC was a really good example of that. And he's continued to play well, like I said, for Sarnia. And I think that. He could definitely be in that mix in Rockford next season, and I'm really curious to see how he does in that jump to the professional level. Definitely a guy that I think is probably a little bit further along than uh, some of the other players that we've been talking about. Sticking on the back end, Wyatt Kaiser. I remember talking yeah. to him at development camp, mm-hmm. and I, I talked to his uh, college coach, Scott Sandeline, and his actually Wyatt Kaiser's high school coach. I asked. I, I I asked him. I was like, "What's your NHL comparable?" And he's like, "Ah, I don't like doing that NHL comparable <laughs> things because you know he doesn't want to put that kind of expectations on him." And I was like, "Okay, what comparable have you heard from either teammates or coach?" And he's like, "Well, my high school coach thinks that um, my game resembles Jonas Brodine from the Minnesota Wild. Hmm. Very good." 
player to emulate your game after. Yes. Jonas Brodin is not a... He does not do one thing great. Yep. He does a lot of things very well. And he's not, he's not flashy at all. And I think that's exactly the type of defenseman Wyatt Kaiser is. And I, I pitched that to his his coach, um, his college coach, and he was like, wow, that high school coach is a pretty smart guy because that's exactly <laughs> what I see in him. So I think that would be... That's another guy when we're talking about maybe not top-pairing defenseman, but another middle-pairing ceiling. Yes. That's where Wyatt Kaiser, I think, and and I think he's, <clears throat> he's going to come out of college this year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he... Uh, I don't know if... I don't know if he would be someone that steps into the lineup where the Blackhawks get him a few games this year, um, but I, I could de- I see him definitely with with the the Blackhawks or with the Blackhawks organization next. See, year. I actually think that he would. I think that's a guy that you kind of give that audition to. It just screams like three four game test run. Like I feel like that would be a really smart thing to do with Wyatt Kaiser. I think the thing that stands out to me the most is reading scouting reports on him, watching him play for Minnesota Duluth and seeing YouTube videos of the guy really good on puck defender. Like I know you look at the stats, like four goals, 15 assists. He's their top scoring defenseman right now. I think that it's easy to lose in the shuffle of that, that he's actually a really good fundamental defender. And I think it alludes to your point where you were talking about him being a really solid two way player with kind of that middle pairing kind of potential that that ability that he has, and he's honed over the three years that he's been in college I think that giving him that run, I think like he probably is out of all the guys that we've talked about, probably definitely, I think he's the closest to the NHL, but I also think that he's got a certain polish to his game that I think is going to serve him really well. And I would not be shocked at all if the Blackhawks brought him in and did the test run with him. That's it's another, it's another 2020 draft pick drafted in the third round. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's another non first round pick that's really progressing and has been one of the top college defensemen um, in the league this year. And also, I want to mention, I, I remember doing a story on him at development camp. One of the scouting reports called him, quote, a breakout machine. Ooh. I like that. I, I always like, like the that sound term. Of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I like all-purpose defensemen. Um, I absolutely do, can, too. That can... You know, be, be really good at breaking out of your own end. You know, we should talk about if we're going to be talking about the defensive side of things. Can we get a little Drew Camesso love in the chat? I like, was just going to say, yeah, we're wrapping up. the. We I, have to wrap up the podcast. I feel like he's the perfect guy to kind yep. of wrap it up with. And I know we we didn't really get into like Ryan Green. He's good. Watch the Hockey East tournament uh, <laughs> this weekend with BU. I think that's going to be really important. We didn't really hit on Colton Dock or Nolan Allen. I think we have to talk about Drew Camesso. He's been he's the kind of. Uh, he's the kind of goaltender where he he um he's not very scrambly in the net. Mm-mm. He's very stationary. Um, but I I think they like you want him to play bigger. But he's very he's not he, he's not like a Mark Andre Fleury where you're gonna be you're you're gonna see him diving all over the place. He's very stationary in right. net. I think I think and he's actually had a really good stretch. Um, as of late, I think he had uh, he's had a couple shutouts over the last week or so um, for for Boston University. He's six foot two, one hundred eighty one pounds. I think they you look at him in the net and he looks that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's going to be interesting. I, I feel because I in my mind thought that he was ahead of Soderblom in the depth chart. Mm-hmm. I think Arvid Soderblom is is certainly ahead of Camesso at this point. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised though if Camesso 
ends up surpassing Soderblom at some point. However, I will say I think that is a... I remember talking to uh, Peter Aubrey, the, the Blackhawks developmental goalie coach, and he said, man, if Drew Camesso can get to a point where Arvid Soderblom is right now in his development, we would love that, mm-hmm. which is a testament to where Soderblom is. Oh, so yeah. I think Camesso has a way to go to get to that level. He's only 20 years old, turns 20 in July. Arvid Soderblom, I believe, is thir- 23, 24, around there. Mm-hmm. So I think if Drew can... Uh, really continue to take the next steps, I would not be surprised if he could potentially be the Blackhawks goaltender of the future if it's not Arvid Soderblom taking the reins before then. He's played the exact same number of games that he played last season with BU. He's played one fewer minute this season. (laughs) His goals against average, basically identical. His save percentage, basically identical from what he did a year ago. Is that a good thing that he's you know, so remarkably consistent? Or did you want to see those numbers getting better? I'm going to hold you to the fire here on this one. What do you think? Well, I think he had a tough start to the year. He did. Yeah, so I think he's been, I think he's gotten better. And I don't even know, I don't know what kind of happened in the, in the first. And there was actually a game earlier this year where I think there was like a, a it was a five-minute power play mm-hmm. for the opposing team. And, and he like, got lit up. He got he? lit up. Yeah. That probably affected his save percentage a little bit, right? It might have been, it might have happened early. So nights like that too, you drop, you know, it drops your save percentage. But the fact that he's now worked himself back to a nine ten, yeah, very pretty encouraged by that. Good especially answer, on buddy. a good good team. I, I think that putting him on the Soderblom path and having him be the guy in Rockford, I think, would make all the sense in the world. Let Soderblom make that jump. Are you going to put Jackson Stauber ahead of him, or you think that uh, Camesso deserves to be ahead of him? I think Camesso's ahead. I'm just saying that y'all, you and Pat were so like, is Jackson Stauber the next big thing? And I was just like, he's played four games, bros. James, we need no. to talk about something no. on this podcast. <laughs> I refuse <laughs> to let you get completely out of hand. Like, let me be the one who's just crazy like Wait, but i i think i i, I was pretty level-headed i didn't say it. i think i said i no let's not overreact I, I, I know he's not here to defend himself pb was pumping the tires pretty hard on a jackson stauber when he was playing really well and i i think you were on that bandwagon too you were you were leaning in that direction i was trying to rein you back in i think you're putting words in my mouth i disagree i go find the <laughs> clips go find the clips of me saying that ja- jackson stauber is ahead of soda boom and command so I on think the, the one thing chart. we can agree on is I was probably a little bit of a Buzz Killington on that conversation. You know, speaking of goaltenders... I thought you were going to say speaking of Buzz Killington, and I was going to laugh <laughs> really hard. You know, Dominic Boss is part... Wait, is it Boss Bossy? I can't remember. He's still part of the Blackhawks organization. He's not signed to a contract yet. <laughs> he was drafted in the sixth round of 2019. Yeah. He's actually been one of the best goaltenders <laughs> in college. Uh, I don't I don't know if really there's a few. He's six I was going to say, what, what's the path for him here? He transferred, I believe. Yeah, he went from Colorado College to St. Cloud State University. He had a really tough first couple of years at Colorado College. Mm-hmm. And then he's now at St. Cloud State. He has a 913 save percentage, 2.27 goals against average. And he was actually like in the conversation for like one of the top goaltenders in college. So mm. um, he is, though, in a 1A, 1B situation. So he's not the guy. I think he alternates uh, starts, but just worth noting that he's kind of just still in the in the pipeline, but he's not signed to it. Showing contract. once again, the Blackhawks are pretty solid at finding and identifying goaltending talents. I think we've talked about that extensively, and another example of it, man. 
Uh, we almost went this entire podcast without me saying the, the, the promo. So the read. Oh, sorry about that. So, so you could I win. Saw, I saw Tony like threatening you with his fist. That was very <laughs> odd. You could win big with NBC Sports <laughs> Chicago and Coors Light. Just enter the scratch and score sweepstakes for your chance to win two sweet tickets to a hockey game and more. Enter at NBCSportsChicago.com slash sweepstakes. Whew, I feel so much lighter after that. There you go, buddy. Now you can go uh, pay your parking so you don't get a ticket and yeah. Wrap my, this baby up. My meter actually expires in 11 minutes and 30 seconds. So and you still I have to go to, pack your stuff up and get dressed. Yeah. You, do you need me to stall anymore, or do you legit want to get out of here? I'm good. I actually think you have a meeting too soon, don't you? <laughs> I do. Yeah, all, right. all right. Let's all right. wrap this up. This yep. is good stuff, though. Nice a talk lot about of fun. prospects. We'll yep. have to do. Honestly, we will have to do it again soon just because there are guys that we miss. So. Right. True. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for singling out all these players, but then you you feel like you're missing a bunch. So yeah. also we're hoping to take a trip to Rockford soon, which will, will be nice because we can talk about Rockford the ice road ice trip, bro. Playoff, yep. playoff run. So. thousand percent. Good stuff, James. I'm Charlie Meliotis for James Neveau. This will do it for the Blackhawks talk podcast for this edition. Don't forget to catch us next time and don't forget to rate us, subscribe and review us. And we'll catch you next time on the Blackhawks talk podcast. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.